Amen. Amen. Today, Today I'm going to talk to you about strength and strategy. This, this is a season right, right now of strength and strategy. And you, and you can't, can't just, just have, have one. Strength, strength without strategy doesn't, doesn't work. work. You, you can be, be as strong as an ox, but if, but you, if you don't know where to plow, you don't know how to plow, you don't know when to plow, you're not going to be successful. You can also have strategy where you know what you want to do, but you don't have the resources to do it. And so you've got to have both of these, strength and strategy. And over the last one and a half years, it's been pretty chaotic, hasn't it? And losing your strength has been a real issue. Losing your strategy has been a real issue. But, but I want to say, say something to you straight out this morning. morning. The Lord God Almighty has both in store for you, his strength and his strategy. The key is for you and I to go get it. Now, I touched on this a few weeks ago with Ziklag, where David, anointed to be the next king of Israel, is in his little town, an outpost on the backside of the, the enemy's territory because they'd been rejected by King Saul and uh, his people. He had a band of... Uh, uh, marauders with him and uh, he, he had to think he had done something wrong or somehow he must have misheard the Lord or I'm sure he could not figure out why he was stuck back in this desert town with 400, 600 men who were, who were broken and debt and discouraged and rejected by his own people. When the Lord anoints you for something he wants you to do, it's not always pretty. There's not a straight line in the Bible. It's not like you get called by God and then you just walk this straight line into success and victory and then you meet Jesus. No, there's not a straight line in the Bible. I've never met a human being with a straight line. They're, they're more, your lifeline is more like, like this, up and down. And, and you're wondering, sometimes you go around in circles and you wonder, where am I? Why am I in this situation? Well, if you understand the biblical pattern of prosperity, biblical spiritual prosperity it's never a straight line and if you understand that you just continue to come back to the lord over and over and over and over again the two things he will give you is strength and strategy and that's what happened with david so his whole town's been burnt to the ground his wives and his kids have been kidnapped it doesn't get any worse than that except his own army wants to kill him so what does he do he goes into his little hut he gets on his face and he seeks god and it says, the first thing that happened, he strengthened himself. Everybody say, strengthen himself. Say, I got to strengthen myself in the Lord my God. Come on. Say it again. I got to strengthen myself in the Lord my God. Okay, but that wasn't enough. If he came out of his front door with strength, but he didn't have strategy, his men were going to stone him to death. So the second thing he asked was, Lord, what do you want me to do? Everybody say that. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? See, that's the, that's the man, you've got to have both of them. That's the key right there. Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, pursue and recover all. So he comes out of his house. His army's ready to stone him to death. He didn't just come out with strength, internal strength. He came out with strategy. He said, let's go get them, boys. And they're like, yeah, they all turn around and they follow the leader because the leader had strength and strategy. You need both of them. Can I hear an amen? And so today I want to jump into a, a chunk of scripture, a story that shows this. I could literally throw a rock and hit a story in the Bible 
that has both of these characteristics in it. Where the Lord gives somebody strength and then strategy. Strength and strategy. Strength and strategy. That is the Lord. He is a God of strength and strategy. And so, uh, we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, there's a pattern you're going to find in life. I put my little tassel in here so I know it's, you know what, I'll just look it up myself. There we go. There's a pattern you're going to find in life. Uh, and you're going to run into this pattern over and over and over and over again. The first thing you hit is a crisis. They're all C's to help you remember it. The first is the crisis. Everybody hits crises in their life over and over and over and over again. Sometimes you go through a season where the good news is, well, it could have been worse. I mean, you know, it's just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happens. The next thing is a cry. You see this in stories all throughout the Bible, and I know in your own life as well. You hit a crisis, and then if you're walking with God, the next thing you have is a cry. If you will cry out to God in your crisis, the next thing you're going to get is a creative solution from the Lord. He will give you strategy for what to do in your impossible situation. The next thing you need is courage to obey. He will give you a strategy that might seem irrational, illogical, doesn't make sense to you or anybody around you, but you know it was the Lord. Anybody ever experienced that before? Come on. The Lord has given you something to do that looks silly. And if you have courage to obey, then you're going to conquer. That's the pattern. A crisis, a cry, a creative solution, courage to obey, and then you will conquer. You'll you'll live that pattern over and over and over and over again with the Lord. So, in 2 Kings 3, we see an example of this. The king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the uh, king of Edom came together to go to battle. And they decided to go the wilderness way of Edom, to go meet the enemy. That was their strategy. We're going to go through this desert over here. We're going to pick it up in verse 9, and we're going to see their crisis, the first part of this pattern, the crisis. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout, and they marched on that roundabout seven days, and there was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. Now, that's a serious crisis. This crisis happens to be life and death. Anybody experience a life and death crisis? Yeah. My wife and I, our family has experienced life and death crisis the last few years. It's gnarly, man. I mean, when you don't know if you are going to live or die, you don't know if your marriage is going to live or die. You don't know if your finances, you're going to go bankrupt in that business venture. You don't know if your ministry is going to live or die. These guys were in a situation where they were going to die. They have, a, they have three armies out here, and there's no water. They've been out there for seven days. They are stuck. They are jammed up. There is no way out, no way through. They're done. Stupid strategy. It was a human strategy. However, in verse 10, and the king of Israel says, At last, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So the king of Israel, very important, follow this. The king of Israel looks at his natural, impossible, life and death, no way out situation, and he says, here's his conclusion, we're going to die, and the Lord is the one who brought us out here to die. 
That's one way of looking at an impossible situation. What's the king, what's King Jehoshaphat say? The king of Judah says this, and Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? What's going on here? Why do you have two different responses to the same crisis? Because the king of Israel was the son of of Ahab and uh, and Jezebel. He had learned from his mom and dad to depend on false prophets, witchcraft, sorcery. He was given over to Baals, false gods. He was going after the wisdom of the world, mediums, soothsayers, uh, astrology. I mean, they were given, he, he gave himself over to every other source other than the Lord is God. He had departed from God. Jehoshaphat, on the other hand, the king of Judah was a worshiper of God. What was his first response when crisis hit? Life and death. He listened to the king of Israel going, wham, 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 we're going to die. And Jehoshaphat said, well, isn't there a prophet where we can hear the voice of God? Isn't that beautiful? Don't make asking what the Lord would do the last thing. Make it the first thing you do when you hit a crisis. My wife and I had a crisis just this week. It looked like it was going to be bad. That fear hit us when we got that news. And the first thing we did, we stopped and we said, Lord, we're asking for your help in this situation. We're not going to exhaust all human resources first and then come to the Lord. Why would we, why would we do that? When the Lord has strength and strategy for every single situation, small, medium, and large, you will ever face on this side of the planet, on this side of heaven, and this side of the planet. I don't know about the other side, this side for sure. So he says, is there not a prophet where we can hear the voice of God? Isn't it great? Now, look, we have prophets in the body of Christ. We have prophets in our own church. I was talking to you about uh, um, Dennis and April have the gift of prophecy. Many of you have been prophesied over by them. How powerful you've been prophesied over by Pastor Mark here. But do you know you don't need a prophet to hear the voice of God? Come on, somebody. Come on now. In the Old Testament, you had to have a prophet to hear the voice of God. But in the New Testament that we are living in now, every believer can hear the voice of God for themselves at any time, anywhere. How blessed are we? Man. Oh, Shonda, come on. Dang. And I want to help you with that. I'm going to share a strategy with you at the end of this message I'm going to invite you into to do with me to increase your ability to hear the voice of God for yourself and so back to verse 11 so one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said now this is a servant of the king that has departed from the Lord and is looking for worldly demonic sources for his strength and strategy So the servant of that king comes out from behind his master and says, Elijah, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He was a servant of Elijah. Do not be the leader that others have to come out from behind and around you to find God. Don't be a dad. Don't be a mom. Don't be a teacher. Don't be a coach. Don't be a pastor. Don't be a leader of a company. Don't be a person who is not trusting the Lord and everybody following you is getting garbage, getting fear, doubt, unbelief from you. 
and they have to go around you to find divine solutions. Be a leader, a parent, a pastor that is seeking God. You have faith from God for your company and for your, for your mission, for your ministry, for your family. You've got faith from God. Your family freaks out and you say, the Lord's going to provide. You run into a crisis. Be the first one to say, the Lord's going to provide. I don't know how, but he's going to. And you be like David. You go, you get your ephod, whatever that is. You put it on your prayer cloth, your prayer shoes, your prayer hat, wherever you go. Go. Get alone with God and say, what do you have to say about this situation? And his word to you will inject two things at the same time, strength and strategy. His voice has the power to do that. Anybody ever experienced that before? You're weak, you're cloudy in your thinking, you're confused, and the Lord speaks to you. And just his word alone injects into your soul strength and into your mind strategy. And I'm telling you, his strategy many times is insanity on this side of heaven. I remember, I remember when, when the church I was uh, on staff out at East County here, it was a mega church and the place was blowing up and it was just incredible. And the leadership fell into sin and the thing started falling apart and everybody got laid off in one day. I helped build that, I helped build that thing from scratch. And uh, I'd just gotten married and had just bought a home and got laid off with the rest of the staff, everybody in one day. And so Hope had just moved here from Louisiana and came out here to where this is not Louisiana and <laughs> nothing like Louisiana. And her pastor calls me and, uh, you know, 6,000 member church. And he says, you know, we want to hire you. I was like, well, praise God. And I go out there, went on two interviews. And, and, uh, and so we're getting ready to make the move. And the pastor said, let's fast for three days and see what the Lord has to say before we do this. During the fast, the Lord's now, mind you, I met her in January. It was a long distance relationship, married in November. She had no record of my leadership, being able to hear from the Lord. She, she, just, she, just, she just was captivated. <laughs> I just heard somebody say, been there and done that. Well, this one worked out. Anyway. And... Uh, so during that, so I'm fasting and praying, and during that time, the Lord spoke an Old Testament verse to me, and when a man takes a wife, he takes a year off work. I'm like, no, you, no, you didn't. No, you did not just say that to me. There is no way I'm coming out of this prayer closet and coming to my new bride. I just got fired or laid off, just bought a home, just got married, and I just got an offer to go back to where she came from and be part of a church where she loves and trusts and her people and her mama and everybody. And I'm going to come out and say, the Lord not only told me not to take that job, but also not to work at all for a year. Wives, would you like your husband to bring you that message? I got now. But if it's the Lord. And so I told her that, and then I called up the pastor. I'm like, he's going to be glad he didn't hire me when he hears what I have to say. I said, yeah, during our fast, the Lord told me not only not to take the job, sir, but that I should not work for a year. And he said, 
Brother John, I did not know how I was going to tell you this, but the Lord gave me the exact same verse for you. Amen, Ron. That's what I said. The only problem now is we have no income. Oh, my goodness. The Lord's strategy, man. So often it's not a strategy you can get from the planet, from, human, from, from a human mind. What did he say to these guys? We're going to get down to it in a minute, but they're out in the middle of the desert. There's no water. That's, why, that's the problem. There's no water. You know what he told them to do? Dig a bunch of ditches. What a bizarre thing to tell them to do. Dig a bunch of ditches. You know, if we went to human ingenuity, we'd be trying to find ways to build water ducts and find water somewhere, a water source, and we would have to get the water into this place or somehow find a route, a shortcut, go somewhere. We've got to find water. And what's the Lord's solution? Dig ditches. Makes no sense. Sometimes the Lord's going to give you a strategy that does not make sense. But if you will obey it, then the Lord will do something nobody else can do based on your obedience. Moses, you're jammed up between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. What's your strategy, Lord? Take the stick in your hand and point it out to the water. Do you think if he got a, a huddle with his leadership and, 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 and processed that strategy with them that there would be 100% support? Zero. What did he do? Just looked like a fool, man. Put that stick out. I did The word of the Lord, put your, point your stick toward the water. <laughs> the water parts, come on, man. All throughout the Bible, you see these instructions that God gives to his people that just seem ridiculous, but they produce a miracle because you're partnering with heaven. You want to know what happened at the end of that story? <laughs> people are wanting to know what happened at the end of the story. And so I told him, hung up the phone, told Hope, and she's like, ooh. The next day, a multimillionaire called and said, I heard you got laid off. I do not want you to just take any job because I believe in God's call in your life, and I don't want you to take an any job. So I'm going to support you for one year. Tell me what your monthly nut is, and I'm going to support you for one year until you figure out what God wants you to do next. Come on, man. Come on. So my wife and I got a year sabbatical, sovereign year sabbatical, but I had to obey. I had to make that phone call and look like a fool and hang up that phone and look at my wife. But it worked out, didn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank God. Then Elijah said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Talking to the king of Israel, he didn't like him at all because he had gone to worship other gods. And he says, if it wasn't for the king of Jehoshaphat, or king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even pay attention to you. And then he says this in verse 15. Now bring me, this is awesome, Pastor Josh, this is one of the best verses in the Bible, isn't it? 
Now bring me a musician. Now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. You've got to create an atmosphere of worship in your life. To hear the voice of God, you've got to set yourself apart. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I've set myself apart so that my followers can be set apart. You've got to live a life that is set apart to the Lord so others who are following you can see that and imitate it. The psalmist said, the prophet says, bring me a musician. Isn't that incredible? Like when they're playing up here, it's not just to like, you know, it's not feel good music. So that's like all natural. It's not natural where it just makes you feel good emotionally. Music is spiritual. I mean, you remember when King Saul would be oppressed by a demon and they knew how powerful, how spiritual uh, music was. One of the servants of King Saul said, Call a, call a skillful musician so that when they play, the evil spirit will leave you. And that's exactly what happened. It happened to be David. And so the musician comes. They begin to worship just like we do here on Sunday mornings. You can do it in your car. You can do it at home. You've got to cultivate the atmosphere of worship in your life. It stirs up the spirit of God. And then you hear the voice of God. I see CJ back there going like this. You've done that, how, huh, Chris? We talked about that. You're in, you're in work. You're fathering, you're parenting, you're at work. There's a lot of stress, there's chaos, there's anxiety, man. You got to get your worship on and start hearing the voice of God, stir up the spirit of God. And so that's what happens. And then he prophesies and he says, thus says the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind. This is so interesting. There's not going to be anything in the natural that's going to produce this, he says. You're not going to see wind. There's not even going to be rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. I love verse 18 so much. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. When we have a miracle on this side of heaven, what do we do? What's, how do we respond when there's an actual miracle? Yeah, we do that. We go, whoa! You know what they're doing in heaven? <laughs> that was nothing. They're like, <sighs> simple matter for Jesus to heal, save, and deliver. Simple matter for God to do anything on the planet. Split a Red Sea. Moses, speak to a rock and water will come out of it. He spoke to the rock and water comes out of it. You know, oh, we're hungry. All right. You want some quail falling out of the sky? Yeah, sure. Bam. You know, manna coming out of the ground. Right? I mean, these things are so simple for the Lord. We have to get that mentality. So then we come to the throne of grace and we ask the Lord for things. All we're really doing is fighting through our own fears and doubts and unbelief, getting to the place of faith so we can connect with the throne of grace who can provide anything for any situation at any time. And it is simple. Everybody say, it is simple for the Lord. Say that. Say, my situation is simple for the Lord. All I need is faith. Come on. And say this, and obedience. Yeah, you got to do your part. See, here's the thing. 
God could easily do it. He could have dug the ditches himself. He could have had angels dig the ditches. He could have, the ditches just could have appeared. No, 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 no. Even though the solution to your situation is simple for the Lord, he will require something of you. Why? Because he's not going to do it alone. God wants to partner with somebody on the planet to do a miracle. The question is, is it going to be you? Are you going to be the doubt mouth? Are you going to be the one that stands back and says, well, that can't happen. That couldn't be. You remember the four lepers that were outside the camp? If you know this Old Testament story? And, and they're starving inside. They're eating their own babies. I mean, it's a bad situation. Famine, drought. They're surrounded by the enemy. They're going to be destroyed. And the four lepers who are kicked outside of the camp, uh, kicked outside of the city, said, well, let's go to the enemy. Maybe they'll take us in. And they show up. And the enemy had all been, they all killed themselves because the Lord, Lord sovereignly cr- created chaos and, and those armies all killed each other. The lepers show up and they have all the spoil and they're enjoying all the spoil themselves. And they said, we can't do this. We got to go back and tell everybody. So they go back. Well, the, the day before that, the prophet said to the king, by tomorrow, you're going to be able to get a loaf of bread for a nickel and you're going to be able to get a gallon of milk for a penny. And the king's general said, if the heavens were to open up, this could never happen. And the prophet said, oh, it's going to happen, and you're going to see it, but you're not going to be part of it. And the next day, when the lepers came back and said what happened, the gates opened, everybody was running out of the city and trampled the general to death. You don't want to be the general. That's the, that's the whole moral of this sermon today. Don't be the general. Be a leper. All right. Did you say faith? Oh, yeah, I like it. I got an amen corner back over my left shoulder, too. I have any amens out here? I got amens coming back here. Faith. Love it. Everybody say faith. And then he says, you're going to just get everything. You're going to kill them. You're going to win. It's going to be great. Okay, now watch this. Now it happened in verse 20. In the morning when the grain offering was offered. I love this. And I'm going to talk to you guys about what I want to do with you. The grain offering was offered. Then suddenly, everybody say suddenly. This is the way the Lord operates, man. There can be a drought. There's no sign. There's no evidence. There's no clients. Nobody's ringing your phone. Nobody's taking your phone calls. You can't get a job. You can't get the right job. I don't know what it might be. The doctors are giving you certain reports. And then suddenly, so often the Lord just, bam. You're like, wow. Where'd that come from? Well, the Lord decided it was time. Isn't that right, Mark? He just flip a switch whenever he wants. It's just, it's just so God, man. Suddenly, water came by the way of Edom, and the land was filled with water. But here's what's so interesting. It says, during the time of the morning offering. What I want to do with you over the next, well, starting June 1st through June 30th, 30 days, I'm going to do what I call a 30 for 30. Some of you have been a part of these in the past when I've done these. I want to do a fresh one. A 30 for 30 is a call to 30 minutes of prayer and the word every day for 30 days. You see, your and my lives are nothing more and nothing less than a bundle of habits. Psychologists and scientists have, I mean, the research is overwhelming, that you and I live life by simply a bundle of habits. How much, how much time you... You watch TV, what you eat, if and when you work out, your route to work, 
everything you do, you're in a habit. And so what they teach, which is, again, scientifically proven, is if you want to change your habits, you have to do something different for 28 days. And what it does is it literally creates grooves in your brain that cause you to start thinking differently. That's why the Bible says to renew your mind by the uh, meditation on the Word of God. And so you got to change your habits. And what's so interesting about habits in your brain, the grooves, they never go away. You just replace them with new habits. And listen to this. If you develop a new habit, like you're working out every day or whatever, and you're staying away from junk food, you can have one little thing that triggers you and it tempts you to go back to your old habit, like uh, Takis. All right? Somebody next to you eating those Takis. Oh, man. It's like, oh, do I even lick one? Do I? Do I? And you do. And it hits the pleasure center of your brain, and literally it activates that old habit pattern of eating junk food, and you can slip back into it. Isn't that interesting? The old, so that's why it's so important to watch every habit you develop in your life because they remain in your brain for the rest of your life. So what you need to do is develop new habit patterns. So what I want to do with you, some of you already have prayer in the word patterns in your life. Well, praise God. You don't have to develop a new habit, but join us so that we're all doing it together. And you, our online community, do this with us. What I want to do is pray with you every day from June 1st through June 30th. And the theme of this 30 for 30 is strength and strategy, because that's the season we are in right now. Strength and strategy. How many of you need more strength? Internal strength, mental strength, financial strength, relational strength, spiritual strength. How many of you need strategy for situations in your life right now? Lord, what do I do about this situation, my marriage, my kid, my ministry? Do I move here? Do I don't move here? What am I going to do for strategy? Okay, we're going to live this way our entire life, needing strength and strategy. I guarantee you that if you will do this with me for the next 30 days, June 1st through June 30th, you're going to be strengthened by the Lord, and you're going to get the Lord's strategy for whatever area of life you need strategy in, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to cultivate a hearing ear. And it's the last thing I'll say about this. If you will cultivate a hearing ear, even when you don't need it because you're not in crisis, when you find yourself in crisis, you're going to be able to hear his voice so much easier because you've cultivated a hearing ear. That's what I want to do with you, church. We're in a new season. And it's time to be strengthened in the Lord as we move forward. And it's time to hear the strategy of the Lord. All right, let's pray. Hey, we're going to practice this right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to give us a moment here to actually practice this. I want to ask you to just just you being alone with the Holy Spirit right now, just right where you are, you online, do this with us as well. I want you to think of the biggest crisis you're facing right now. Just get it into your mind. Don't be afraid of it. Okay, so now I want... I want you to ask the Lord, what do you have to say about this? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I just want you to listen for a moment. 
Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would speak clearly to every person asking you the question, what do you want to say about this situation? Now just see what the Lord brings to your mind or to your heart. reject this. I believe this is by the Holy Spirit. Do not listen to fear. Do not listen to offense. Do not listen to unforgiveness. Do not listen to doubt, unbelief, hurt. Do not, well, I want to say this by the Holy Spirit. I believe it. Let me prophesy this. Do not, the Lord says, be moved in this season by offense. This last year, year and a half, so much bad has happened. The Lord is saying, do not be moved by the flesh. Be moved and led by my spirit. It is the only way to get through the jungle and the chaos into a promised land that I have for you. Now listen to the Lord again. Say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Okay, so now, just a show of hands, how many of you feel like the Lord gave you something during that time of listening to Him? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, see? Come on now. God is not an absentee father. He's with us. He speaks to us if we give Him time. Now... You got the crisis, you got the cry, you got the creative solution, which you just heard. Now you need courage to obey or nothing will happen. Obey, and then you will see yourself conquer that situation. All right, how many of you are going to do the 30 for 30 with me starting on Tuesday? Okay, I'm going to send you a devotional every Tuesday. I mean, every morning, you're going to have a devotional hit your inbox, all right? Uh, if you've already get my congregational emails, you don't have to sign up. But if you don't, uh, you can scan over there. You can scan the uh, bulletin, and uh, you can go to the homepage, find my blog, and just say sign up for John's blog. It's very simple to sign up for my blog. And so I want you want you to do that online as well, online community. Uh, go to our website, click on John's blog, sign up for it. And starting Tuesday morning, all the way through the month of June, you're going to get a very quick, short devotional from me every single morning to encourage you to stay on track to develop this pattern this habit of prayer and the bible and i'm telling you it will if you're not in a rhythm already it will revolutionize you some of you just you some of you got knocked off your rhythm covid knocked you out of your rhythm you need to get back up into a healthy rhythm and it starts with your spiritual life so let's do this together amen amen all right hey josh come on up here i'm gonna ask the prayer teams to come up Josh, look how fast. See, that? See, it's already working. See how fast that? Miracle. <laughs> Amen. All right, prayer teams, come on up. Everybody that's on the prayer team, come on up here. And uh, some of you need a miracle. And uh, your personal devotions, you're going to get strength and strategies from the Lord. But these prayer teams, 
are ready to believe with you. I don't care if it's cancer or a cold, whatever your need might be. It doesn't matter. You've been prayed for a hundred times. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to pray for a blind man twice. So our mode of operation is we pray and we don't stop praying until we see him face to face. And you never know which prayer is going to crack the nut and you're going to get your miracle. So if you need prayer, maybe this message has touched you and you need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit, a rededication to the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. The, the Lord's creative solution to your life is to accept His Son as your Savior so your sins can be completely forgiven. Salvation is a free gift, but it only comes through Jesus. So if that's you, you can come up front. If you need physical healing, come up front. I don't care. Again, if you've been prayed for before, you come get prayed for again. You never know when that prayer of agreement is going to release that miracle from heaven. Let's take advantage of the culture of the presence of God that happens when we come together. All right, so let's all stand. Josh is going to lead us in worship to end our service. And if you need prayer for anything, you come up front and let these prayer teams begin to pray over you, prophesy over you. Maybe you need a fresh and fill into the Holy Spirit. Rededicate yourself to the Lord. Come to the Lord for the first time, whatever it is.
your children and their children. May his favor, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations. And your family and their children and their children. May his presence, may his presence be holy behind you and beside you, all around you. He is with you, he is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, when you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping, and rejoicing, He is for you, 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 He is for you. Let's sing Amen. sabbatical the lord told me to pioneer a church from scratch we had nothing and that's 25 years ago we have rocked this city we have been a part of movements over the last 25 years and seen the lord do things throughout our entire county that have been way beyond anything i'd ever imagined and uh you just have to obey next week we're going to move indoors we're also going to have a water baptism so we're going to have church inside and then after church, we're going to come right up here. We have a portable baptismal tank. It's going to be right over here. If you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. And so let me know before you leave today, or one of the leaders, let them know. If you haven't been baptized since you were an adult and gave your life to Christ, like I was baptized as a baby, being raised Catholic, but every baptism in the Bible was after you gave your life to Christ as an adult. And once you understand what it is to give your life to Christ, then you get water baptized where you're completely submerged under water and you come up out of the water because you're saying just like Jesus died and rose from the dead, I have died to myself and I'm now living a resurrected life for Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, you need to do that. And so you need to let one of the leadership know that you need to be, want to be a part of that. We're going to do that next week. All right. I'm going to bless you. God, thank you for this beautiful people. Thank you for your people. Thank you for those online that are watching and being a part of this. Thank you for all those that are here, Lord. I bless them in your name, Father. I pray healing, health, prosperity, strength, power, wisdom, joy be upon your people as we go to be the salt and light of the world. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shouted, Amen. God bless you guys. And a thousand generations in your family.